Okay. I was thinking about it. I start and then you, and then I do the thing. Right? Uh, yes, it is, it is your turn this week. Or if we, because if we're... Oh, true. If we're going based on us, hmm. then... It's like the lost episode. Because the thing is like, the lost episode exists. <laughs> this this is episode three, and that's the facts. It's just like we lost episode two tragically in a fire. Oh gosh, we'll find we'll find a way to one day. If this gets like popular, then yeah. we'll find a way to release the lost episode two. Right, but so until then, so is it your turn? You want to do one? Um. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you usually you usually start it with who you are. Well, yeah, but if you're doing the thing, then it would be you, me, you. Oh, it would, wouldn't Oh, well, then I'm just stalling at this point. A little bit. <laughs> Alrighty. Hey, everybody, my name is Ethan. And I'm Catherine. And we are the best smell of popcorn that reminds you of that bad movie theater that you saw your favorite comedy in. Wow. Intricate today. Mm-hmm. I It'll like get it. It'll worse next week. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. You are listening to The Unfunnies. Or maybe you're not listening. Who knows? Who's well, to say? Maybe you're astrally projecting it into your dreams. In which case, I need you to understand that I'm wearing a D-string at the time and nothing else. And, and you have and no you way to have disprove that. that information. And you should have that in your dreams as well. Um... <laughs> if you were to be dreaming of Ethan... Picture him in a G-string. Hey, call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so last week we had a bit of a hiccup with um, with audio. The lovely Catherine here um, is the sole editor and idea maker of the show. So hardly hardly the idea well, maker, but editor I'll take credit for. Okay, well, she, she definitely is the editor, and... Um, you know, we, we tried something new to get better audio to you guys, and uh, it didn't pan out the way that we wanted it to, so we're back to form for this week, and we'll we'll figure something out eventually. Yeah, and, if uh, you're following us on Twitter, which I don't know why you would, because we haven't announced that we have a Twitter, but <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at The Unfunnies, I'm pretty sure, unless yes. it's The Unfunnies pod. You check on that while I say... Yes. So, uh, if you're following us on Twitter, you might have, um, seen me tweet about how I was on my third day of editing and I never want to hear my own voice again. I was. It was, uh, three days in and my phone was exploding because I kept on downloading and uploading and downloading and uploading different chunks of audio in different, like, formats. Mm-hmm. I had some in, like, APR format which I don't know what that stands for and then there was a movie file because I was editing it on iMovie to try and get better audio quality APR <laughs> awesome penis rocks oh my god not, and not, not awesome penis rocks I'm talking about awesome penis, penis rocks, rocks that are awesome yeah Only um, one of us Twitter <laughs> She's the rocks. I'm the penis. Uh-huh. We're unfunny. Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Twitter is actually the username is the Unfunnies Podcast, but then the at is Unfunnies Pod. So, so um, we're unfindable. 
fun fun fact. Well, if you search either, then we'll we'll show up. Probably show up. Um, so yeah. follow us on Twitter if you want to hear me losing my mind editing some more. And I'll make fun of it for it too. Yeah. Or or if you want to see the tangents that Ethan takes me on forty minutes after we stop recording. <laughs> I got one for today. Oh um, my god. <laughs> <laughs> But until then, um, I do have a movie to review today. It is Excellent. A movie. All right, so let's jump on in. So today is a very special episode because we are talking about my second favorite movie. And um, this is actually a movie that Katie and I saw. This was the, this was the last movie I think you and I saw together. Right? You're right, yeah. Yes, it was. She knows what it is because I asked her a question. Um, it's Little Women. Yeah. And, oh, my God. What a, what a fantastic movie. What a fantastic story. Um, I'm not going to be talking about uh, so much comparing the movie to the book. I think that um, that's, I mean, not pointless, but they're two separate mediums. And I want to save talking about the book for another episode. We'll come back so in 100 episodes to talk about Little Women, the book. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but for now, um, yeah, so Little Women, if you don't know it, then uh, what the hell are you doing? I was assigned to read this book uh, actually when I was in middle school for English, um, which was very interesting. And at the time, you know, I completely blew over reading it because I was in middle school and I was a boy and I didn't care. Little I Women? Exactly. I was like, what's this about? <laughs> Probably, and that's the thing. Because yeah, in middle school, like I just did not give a shit, and I was like, Little Women. I mean, I don't care too much about dwarves. I'll read comic <laughs> books instead. Um, but yeah, you know, coming back to it in in high school and and actually getting familiar with the story, it's it's a it's it's a beautiful story. I wouldn't say it's necessarily an anthology of 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 um of stories but it follows a family of women and their um you know their hopes and their dreams and how they grow up it's definitely a coming of age story uh for those who who um not and not only who are women but for those who are feel who are feel who feel um, okay, good. I was like, who are a field? A rolling a field. set of hills <laughs> that overlook the valleys. To, to, our, to our listeners, if you perchance find Julie Andrews twirling about on your back every once in a while... This please... movie's for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and I, you know, I have my note here. Um, little women, question mark? Nah, little people. Uh, because, (laughs) and well, the reason I say that is because this movie truly does walk the, or this story walks the line of, um, our protagonists and our main characters are women and the people that we are following are women, but this is a story for people. It's, it's a story that, you know, is for everybody, which is part of why it's part of school curriculum and it's part of why you blew over it when you were in school because it's fucking boring <laughs> but but like once once you come around to actually familiarizing yourself with the story it, it's something that is timeless 
I think mostly because of that line that it walks between being a story for for young women, but then also offering the emotion and and development necessary for for everyone, um, which then kind of gets into a little bit into the movie because it's. I, this is like there's only two times I'll compare the book to the movie. I think it's easier to settle into the story um, as a reader because when you are reading it, you are creating your own picture of what these women look like, and you're creating your own vision of how they say things and how they react, and 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 you know, seeing somebody else kind of tarnish that and, or not do exactly what you saw in your head. Um, it's a bit harder to to get into, and I think that's I mean that's a critique for all book to movie adaptations because mm-hmm. that's just how books are in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's especially adamant for for this movie because this movie doesn't have like the fantastical elements of of other book to movies. Um, it's a very human driven story Mm -hmm. and if you're not with if you don't necessarily agree with the acting done on screen there is not much for you to enjoy with this movie um an example i'll use is emma (laughs) i saw that in theaters and i i have opinions about that movie i don't like it but it's a very beautiful movie to look at um okay little women like Little Women, it doesn't have that necessarily. It has a wonderful cast of characters and it has a wonderful story. But if you don't like either of those things, then this movie will fall flat for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I read some, sometimes I like kind of going into, I read reviews because when the movie came out, there was a large community of people who was just like i don't like it because there are women on screen and that scares me (laughs) um and so i was like but what about the movie itself um and and something that i i guess i could technically agree with um some people say it's hard to follow and i wouldn't necessarily say it's hard to follow but the way that the story is framed um is not it's not confusing, but it is one of those things where, if you if you don't pick up on how they framed the the story overall, then um, then you will miss out on the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the second book to movie comparison in the last one, um, but in the book it starts from point A and it goes to point B, and and that's the that's the book. Um, for the movie, it does actually my favorite uh, figurative technique in media res, which means it starts in either the middle or the end. Uh, for Little Women specifically, it starts uh, somewhere in the middle. And and what happens is in in watching the the women go from the middle to the end story, they think about their past which is where the beginning of the book starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then for me as a person who actually read the book, it was easier to follow because I could pick up that's a part that was in the beginning of the book and that was a part that was at the end. But if you haven't read the book, 
Um, this movie is still perfectly enjoyable and it's still possible to, to watch it, but it is one of those things where I think it would take a couple of watches to be like, okay, so this is the timeline of everything that have happened. Yeah. Um, and, and again, and I think part of what makes this movie so great and part of why I love it so much is that it truly is a movie that depending on who you are, you will get a different experience. You mm-hmm. know, um, Katie and I watched the movie together and we left the theater feeling completely different things. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and gathering different conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you know, she, she fucking bawled her eyes out. Okay, I... listen. So <laughs> the thing is, I the first time I saw this movie, I saw it with my girlfriend and... She uh, is the youngest of three. She has two older sisters. And I'm in the middle of six. I have five sisters. And you're an only child and also right. a boy. So, like, right. you don't... You definitely didn't get the same thing that, you know, either of us got out of it. And she didn't get the same thing. She's the baby of her family. And I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, like, she didn't get what I got. And I didn't get what you get. And you didn't get what she got. And it's, that's what kind of what makes it beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, because, like, this is definitely a movie for those who have siblings because um, it's, it's uh, one, two, let me see. It's four yeah, sisters. So it's, it's four sisters, yeah. Um, I was going to say one, two, five, because I forgot how to count. Mm-hmm. Um, it's four sisters with four separate personalities and four separate interests. And, um, and, you know, for, for me, who was an only child, I latched on to the one sister. Um, I loved Joe, And obviously I did because she's the writer of the family. Yeah, that's um, another thing. It's like, that's what you had in common that I didn't have in common with her. So right. That's fine. Right. And, and that's the thing, too, which kind of going back to that idea of this story um, follows people. Um, these girls are distinguishable. These mm. girls, like, you you can go to, like, a BuzzFeed quiz and be like, which Mark's sister am I am? Am I? Am I am? <laughs> I am a Mark's uh, sister. Am I am? <laughs> and I do not like green eggs and ham. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, so it's it has a personality and it has a person for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether or not you can, you can latch on to it. Yeah. Um, I, 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 oh my gosh, this happened, this happened with the last episode, um, and it happened again with this, this episode too, but the way that they cast the, um, the way that they cast the movie, again, is very effective, I think. The mom is played by Laura Dern, Mm -hmm. who, who is regular at playing older roles and more mature and learned roles. Um, the father is, um. He's played by the guy who is in Better Call Saul, Bob Odenkirk, who, you know, he's not there for much of the story because he's out fighting a war, but he's still a softie. And you get, I guess basically what I'm saying is like, you you get um, the familiarity with the actresses and actors Um that helps play into what characters they are playing as well. Mm-hmm. 
Emma Watson plays as Meg, who is the, um, she's the actor of the family. And she plays um, Hermione in, in Harry Potter. In I case forgot. you didn't know. Well, I mean, if you've been in a coma, this is the first thing you've heard after being in a coma for almost 50 years now. Second of all, hello, Captain America. How are you doing? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's nice to see you again. Welcome yes, to the 20... Are we still in the 20... 20... The 21st century. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes. Everything's gone to shit. Woo! Woo! Um, and and it's just how I, 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 you know, the the best example I could use of effective casting is that everyone in the movie has been in their own like films consistently, mm-hmm. and so has Eliza Scanlon, who plays Beth, which is the youngest of the sisters. But she's not the most recognizable. Like, I've seen everyone in this cast more than once besides Eliza Scanlon, mm-hmm. um, which then, you know, helps helps bring you into that feeling of um, when, when little sister things happen to her, um, it's easier for you to feel sympathy and it's easier to feel for her because you're like, this is a new person being mm-hmm. introduced to me as a little sister. Yeah. Um, it really, I, I, goodness me, I love this movie so, so much, um, just because it has themes of love and, and independence, and it has themes of, of moving on from family and how to work together and how to work alone. And, you know, that for me, like, that's a perfect time for me to, to, See, sink into that kind of story because I'm in college right now. Mm-hmm. I'm a freshman. I'm, I'm away from family and I'm learning how to live not only by myself, but for Christ's sake with myself. Um, wow, that was profound. <laughs> thank you. Um, and, and, this, and again, like this story has something for everybody, but I think that if you are not ready to accept that you are not perfect and you are going through some of the faults that these people are going through, then, uh, this movie will fall flat for you. And again, again, you know, I think, um, it should be said that, uh, there's a lot of talk about why, uh, the director, Greta Gerwig was not nominated for an Oscar. And I can't remember if the movie itself was nominated for an Oscar too. I think it was. But, okay. I was going to say, just like as much as I love this movie and as much as I will praise it to the end of my days and recommend it to the end of my days, if, if, if you don't like the actresses and the actors on the screen and you don't like their portrayal of the movie and, or of the story, the movie will fall flat for you and mm-hmm. you, will, you will find a hard time enjoying it. Um, it's not something that this movie wasn't made for the masses. And so this movie was made for the story and the people who enjoy the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the part of the show where I talk about the top three moments from whatever I was reviewing. <laughs> and um, it is spoiler heavy. So let's uh, get it. Yes, you have been warned. Um, so, yeah. So basically, like, the way that I saw this is that these are my top three favorite stories throughout the uh the movie, I think that is organized in such a way where you can pinpoint separate stories. Um, 
the part where Beth is given the piano by Mr. Lawrence is, um, it is my favorite part in the whole movie because of the kindness that Mr. Lawrence shows. Um, and, and how, and the fact that he has lived his life and he's an older man and they are, and you know, Beth is shown to be kind of, uh, admissive about him, but he, he's still kind and he's still there for her, which is really sweet. I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the part of the movie that I related to the most was when Amy burned Joe's book, uh, that <laughs> so I so in high school I took four years to hone my craft as a writer. I went to an art school for writing. Katie went to that same school for acting. That's where we met. So we're Joe and Meg. We are. We absolutely are. Excellent. And uh, I shall marry poor. <laughs> and I'll settle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and just that, and they, they capture that feeling of you burnt my book, but you're my family so well, I think, because and later on, you know, Amy falls into the ice and then the regret and everything, um, flies away. And Joe is like, this is my sister. She burned my book, but I have to save her. Um, which I, I, I found to be interesting because, for me, what I saw was that Joe, when everything is fine and everyone is alive, will always put the writing first. And the only way that her family can die is by her hand if they burn her book. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and otherwise, she will throw writing away. Or she won't throw writing away, but she will, she will put it aside or the feeling of losing it. Um, to save her family, mm-hmm. and and if I that I, I related that to the most just because, you, as much as writing is the passion, the passion is more sharing that writing with people. Yeah, and um, I think that that was kind of shown through that those scenes. Um, this movie made me cry a lot. Um, <laughs> I didn't cry in front of Katie just because I like it wasn't anything like I didn't want to. But I'll be honest, like, the first time I watched it, I was kind of confused about the the uh, structure. So I was like... Makes sense. What? What the... Ah. But once I understood it more, um, when Laurie confesses his love to Joe, and Joe's story after that makes me cry so much, and is part of the reason why I love this movie and this story so much, because she would love nothing more than to be independent and she would love nothing more than to just live her own life. But even after acting truthfully under that pretense later on in the movie, it's shown that she is lonely and that she wishes that she had said yes to Lori and not that, um, that she was so stubborn and that she was so, crazed um which or not crazed but so (sighs) arrogant focused on her own happiness yes yes um and i think that that's 
something that I'm personally going through and learning in my own life. And um, I, I, I'm always interested to see what will happen with this movie because once I get over that and I have learned that lesson, there will be something else in this movie for me to be like, ah, oh, that makes me cry again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but Katie, I'll tell you what. This is this is gonna be this is my rating for this movie. Um, spoilers are over. Uh, this is my rating for this movie. Um, first of all. If you're a guy, fucking watch it, dude. I mean, like, dude, 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 dude. It says little women in the title. It does not say men bad, okay? It does not. And it, does, and it doesn't do that either. It so doesn't. enjoy it, please. And then if you're in middle school, fucking read it. Read the story. I wish if I you're had. in high school, too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, my definite rating, for sure, is... Um, see it in theaters, purchase it, read the story, familiarize yourself with it, and and use it as a learning experience. Or use it as a means to to feel, for sure, for sure. Ethan's rating is write an academic paper on it. Yes, actually, because I, I did that. And um, if you if you want to do that and send it to us, please do. Please read do! It. Excellent. Great, Great. job. Let's do my thing now. Yes, please. I'm excited. So, I chose this year because it is uh, the year my favorite movie musical was released. We also (laughs) talked about this the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, That musical, of course, would be uh, critically acclaimed Singing in the Rain, starring Mm -hmm. Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and the love of my life, Donald O'Connor. This message has been sponsored. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So... The year is 1952, which uh, is the first leap year I've looked at in my research so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, I've reformatted my notes uh, to hopefully be a little more concise. So I started off with a list of firsts um, for 1952. Uh, UT, the University of Tennessee, admits its first African-American student. Uh, Army Kusela, Finnish charity worker and model, is the winner of the first Miss Universe. Uh, Kitty Wells is the first woman to score a number one hit with the song It Wasn't God Who Made Honky Tonk Angels. That's the name of the song. Say it again just so I can... It Wasn't God Who Made Honky Tonk Angels. That make, see, because that makes me think of the song... Honky Tonk by um, Rolling Stones. It makes me which... think of the song Honky Tonk Angels by I don't know who, but I'm almost certain it's a song. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I didn't have anything funny for that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's something there. <laughs> We're digging up the nope, gold mine. There's nothing. <laughs> the vein has been dead for 50 years. Okay. Uh, Dr. C. Walton Lilhai and Dr. F. John Lewis, again, one of the fakest names, uh, performed the first open-heart surgery. The United States successfully detonates the first hydrogen bomb. Now, did you know hydrogen bombs go by code names? I know now. Yeah, it's not a hard thing to, like, imagine. But also, this code name is ridiculous, and I'd like you to guess it. It's for a hydrogen bomb. Can you, can you give me multiple choices? 
I didn't prepare multiple choices, but I ah, sure can. Okay. If you okay. want me to, I can't. I, I'd have to think about it. Okay, here. I'll. It's a name. All right. Okay, wait, wait. It's a name? It's, it's a like name. an actual, like, it's, it's a like, name. Okay, I was going to say. I'll settle for a hint. Um, 1952, a name that they'd call a hydrogen bomb. Yeah. My ex-wife. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yuck, yuck, uh, yuck. I'm going to, I'm actually going to, I don't know why I got a really good feeling for Lawrence. 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 Is that because yeah. of Little Women? It's definitely no. because of Little Women. You got a little uh, Freudian slip there, my guy. Did I? Well. Perhaps a little. But no, alas, this uh, hydrogen bomb was not named Lawrence. It was codenamed Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, working in the place that makes it, and you're like, yeah, my, um, <clears throat> my coworker Mike is a real hothead. He's really gonna explode one of these days. Because <laughs> <laughs> what I'm picturing is, is a Mike Myers. So it's, it's a hydrogen bomb. It hits the ground. It's a mushroom cloud. And from the distance, all you hear is, Gravy, baby. Oh, my <laughs> Just God. Gust of wind. Um, <laughs> that's one syllable names and hydrogen bombs do not go well together. I would point. tend to agree. Oh, okay. Uh, two more bullet points under the firsts. Uh, Christine Jorgensen is maybe how you pronounce her name, but it's also per- spelled George with a J and then Ensen, so it might be Jorgensen. But I'm going to go with Jorgensen. Uh, receives the first successful sex reassignment surgery. Um, oh. And the first successful uh, surgical separation of Siamese twins happens. Wow. So a lot for, of surgical innovations. Yeah, for, for Jorgensen, was it man to woman or woman to man? You know? uh, she uh, got her uh, male to female sex reassignment surgery. Performed. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now she's able to live her bestest life. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who was... I'm oh, sorry, just for... I'm, I like to take notes for these because... I, I find like that adorable. Um, who, was, who was the one who uh, was the first Miss Universe? Uh, her name was Army, A-R-M-I, and then... Uh-huh. Kusela, uh, K-U-U-S-E-L-A. Kusela, didn't she kill dogs for like a coat or something? Kusela army, Kusela <laughs> army. Why she's just as devilish as anyone can be. I should Kusela. write. I should Kusela. write scores for movies and then the scripts also. I can, I wrote a score for a movie once. It was five out of ten. Exhausting. I'll say it again. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Next point of my thing. So, uh, yeah. in our last episode, I had a, a wildest things that happened list. So I've brought that okay. back, but I've given it an alternate title based on the things I've put on the list. So it's called Something Sad, Something Spooky, and Something Silly. Ooh. Okay. Um... Now, you'll notice the first one is something sad. So we're starting off on the dismal note, but then getting better. 
Alright, so the first one is The Night of the Murdered Poets. In 1948 and 1949, 13 Jewish Soviet poets are arrested after being accused of espionage, treason, and several other crimes. Among these 13 are five Yiddish writers who are all members of the Jewish Anti-Fascist Committee. So, noble cause. Uh, the prisoners are taken to Lubyanka Prison, um, in a place that I totally am blanking on right now. It's in mm-hmm. Russia. Mm. Doesn't matter. Um, Lubyanka Prison, uh, where for three years they are tortured, beaten, and isolated before even mm. any formal charges can be made. Wow. On August 12th, 1952, these... 13 poets <clears throat> excuse me are silenced forever when they are tragically executed at the prison earning the night its name the night of the murdered poets yeah it's kind of hard to oh captain my captain a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but best. yeah i think i was gonna say it's it, co- i mean coincidental but also blissfully coincidental that you mentioned um this event because we're in April, which is uh, National Poetry Month. Actually, it totally so, is. You're so right. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So I thought that was interesting that that came up. Yeah. Wow. Fun kawinky dink. I mean, not <laughs> fun, uh, but <laughs> it, it, you know. Um, okay. So that was our f- something sad. Now on to uh-huh. something spooky. Uh, this next point, I'm going to be talking about the West Ice Accidents. So, it's April, 1952, again. Mm -hmm. Uh, time for the seasonal seal hunt in the Netherlands. Many men participate in this hunt every year, and this year would be no different. (laughs) So, what is funny about that? I, what's funny about that is I pictured a group of men bending down, picking up tracks from the ground, smelling it, and go, going, the kiss from the rose went that way. Oh um, because Seal is the one who wrote yeah. kiss from the rose. Yeah. Or, yeah. <clears throat> or, kiss anyway. from a or, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, so seasonal seal hunt. The seasonal seal hunt. As recorded on Easter that year, 53 vessels would traverse the Greenland seas in search of their bounty. One cold day, seven seal hunting vessels take off from two towns in the Netherlands to participate. Little did they know, they would meet their dreary demise. Wow. On April 5th, Somewhere in the West Ice region, east of Greenland, two of those ships wrecked due to a severe storm that overcame the area. The crew of the first ship to wreck, the Moor, is rescued. There's no information on the second recorded shipwreck, which I presume to mean the rescue efforts failed. Um, the other five vessels, however... Uh, the Ringzel, the Brattend, the Varglim, the Buskoy, and the Pelves, carrying a total of 78 men, disappears off the face of the earth. 78 men each or 78 78 men, men in total. Five vessels. 
Um, rescue teams are sent out in the days following the disappearances of the crews, but despite involvement of an aerial search and a naval search, no trace of any of the ships are found. Spooky. How do you how do you lose a whole boat? I don't understand. It happens a lot more frequently than you would think. How how do you lose? I could never, I could never be a general or any man of authority in the navy, just because I'd be like all the, all the time. I'd be like, "How do you lose a boat? It's a boat." Well, it was a severe storm, so it's uh, it's presumed that all five wrecked um, and that their crews died, but no traces of the ships or any of the passengers have ever been found, as of <sighs> right now. Did we call Aquaman? Should we call Aquaman? Yes. After this long? Listen, he's Jason Momoa now, all right? He's not some blonde little weird boy, okay? He's just... He's gotten an upgrade, in my opinion. He has, he has. He has muscles now. (laughs) All right, Uh, so that was my something spooky. And then my something silly. I'm so excited to tell you about this, Ethan. Okay, okay. Okay. So uh, it's called... uh, Four minutes and 33 seconds. It's written out like uh, the number four and then the apostrophe and then 33 and then two apostrophes, which is usually how you notate four feet 33 inches. Right. But it's called four minutes and 33 seconds. Okay. So our old friend and kooky composer John Cage, which Mm -hmm. you might remember from our last episode... I do. As the composer of As Slow as Possible, um, composes 4 minutes and 33 seconds. Now, given that As Slow as Possible was wild, you can Mm -hmm. imagine that this is going to be no ordinary piece of music. So, it is is a three-movement composition during during which the performers are instructed not to play their instruments I don't know if I if I like this guy. I, I honestly don't, because he's getting away with just being like, "All right, so all these all these musicians, we're gonna gather you in a room, and for the first twenty minutes, um, just scratch your balls and hang out. Oh just God. do that. Just yeah. do that. Don't don't play. Don't." But the cool thing about this is that he composed music for like various instruments for this three movement piece. It's just. The instruction is not to play it. This guy, what a I. I love him. I've learned. I, I recently. I mean, I, I I I knew the word all along, but I recently started coining and actually using the word punk to describe people. <laughs> and this guy's a fucking punk. Like I would agree with that. Uh, Our punk just, experimental composer John Cage. Experimental, my ass. Anyway, so the nature of the piece has earned it an unofficial title, which is 4 minutes and 33 seconds of silence. That's a song. That's a song? It's just a song. It's just like, I'm going to go out here and... Hey, that's the name that, like, the audience has coined it with. The man who wrote it definitely just called it three, 4 minutes and 33 seconds. What, you, what happens when, when you do play it? Then what happens? You, you don't. First of all, but can you imagine how like fascinating that is? It's got to be frustrating as hell for an audience, but how fascinating for 
the the performers because like if you're good enough you should be able to hear the music in your head so like you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs daydreaming about this music that you could be playing and then right. after four minutes and 33 seconds you get up and bow <laughs> that's that's i don't i don't I, here's the thing. The reason I don't like that is because never in my life will anyone call me and be like, hey, Ethan, um, we got this big concert going on. Uh, we want you to go on stage. We want you to sit there for four minutes and 33 seconds. We want you to bow, and then we're going to give you, like, a million dollars. How does that sound? Okay. Like, that's never going to happen. No. Maybe you should have uh, made your way as a invi- invisible violin player. Well, I'm just being a punk. Is what it is. You are a punk. All right, doing good so far. Uh, famous yeah. babies. Um, on the Wikipedia page, none of the names were terribly recognizable, but I was also mm-hmm. a little bored by then because this year was just a little boring. Um, so I just looked it up on Google, famous babies uh, of 1952, and I got some fun ones. Uh, okay. So Patrick Swayze, Sharon Osbourne, Liam Neeson, Mr. T., mm-hmm. David Hasselhoff, Randy Savage, and last, but certainly not least, Vladimir Putin. What? Mm-hmm. He was born in 32? That's no, hilarious. No, I... he was born in 52. You've been taking the right notes, right? Um, I feel yeah. like I've said it plenty of times. I Just over your well, head? I, I guess... I'm looking at it. I've taken the right notes. I, 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 and on the top here, I have the correct year of 1952. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But it was just on the other page, and I couldn't read it. Excellent. Okay, well, now the, comes the part of my segment where I uh, decide how sexy this year would be if okay. it was a person. So, mm-hmm. I'm imagining 1952 as, like, this dull face, 5 foot blue-eyed, perfect curled hair girl who, like, doesn't say anything, is, like, super shy. Maybe not shy, but, like, super soft-spoken. But, like, every time she does say something, it's something real sinister. Mm-hmm. Real dark yeah. and real sinister and something you would not imagine a girl like that to, to say. Right. But I think that's, like, her only personality trait, and she's really boring. And her name... Like, is Meg. Karina or something. No, no, no. Her name is Meg. That's because... insulting. If you think Meg March is boring, I'm canceling you. It's, listen, Meg March is amazing. Meg March is wonderful. But Meg the Hydrogen Bomb? <laughs> I mean, come on now. <laughs> Can you oh, some work? Goodness. It's just all I'm saying. I suppose. Anyway, uh, so I think on a scale of 1 to 10... Because she's, like, her personality dulls her looks, which aren't that great. They're kind of traditionally attractive, but, like, nothing special. Mm-hmm. So I put her at a 5.2. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't think about making it 1952 and making her a 9, a 5.2. Mm-hmm. Truly did not think about that. Wow, blowing my own mind. Okay. With okay. a hydrogen bomb. With a hydrogen bomb. So, that places... Uh, Miss 1952 as more interesting and therefore above 2017, but less interesting and therefore below 2001. I agree. I like it. I think my my vision of what 
1952 looks like is actually um, it's I've seen the character before I think maybe in Sandlot but basically it's it's the it's the it's the girl who's a tomboy but is also an idiot she's just an airhead and yeah like she's like she's she's in high school she's in the later years of high school and she's just she sits in the back of the class and she does the little drawings about killing people and and she keeps to herself yeah she's the girl who was raised by a father who wanted a boy that's exactly what it is. Yes. It's exactly what it is, and her name is still Meg. Her name is, like, George or, or well, something. Her, <laughs> her name is Mike. Her name, her name is Mike. Her name is Mike. It's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, my that's gosh. All that's all I have. That's all I have on 1952. Absolutely beautiful. So now comes the part of the show. I feel like that's... This is... Okay. So listen. I've been thinking during... We've done three of these now. We could probably start a drinking game with phrases that we say. (laughs) But I presume we'll probably need more episodes to gain that. But one of them is going to be... This is the part of the episode where... Uh Anyway. This is the part of the episode... Drink! Where... uh, Ethan and I give each other uh, a song to listen to based on the things happening in our lives or in the world. Um, If you want to follow the playlist, uh, it's on Ethan's Spotify, so stock really good, and you'll find it. Um, Yeah, or you can go on Spotify and search up Daddy O Zero Two One Three. You could, and I'm so proud of you for not being embarrassed by your name. Well, at this point, I've learned to own it. So, the song I'm giving you today is Dancing on My Own by Robin. Have you heard this song before? Is this the song that they play in the beginning of Flushed Away? I have no idea. It has been maybe 18 years since I've seen Flushed Away, and that is an exaggeration, but it doesn't feel like it. Okay. Um, The song is like... It's okay because I just remembered what it is. It's, it's so the song I'm thinking of is uh, "Dancing with Myself" by Billy Idol. Yeah. So no, I have not heard your song. Excellent. Oh, I'm excited for you to listen to it. It exudes strong Katie energy. Beautiful. So that's my song for you today. Great. Um, so yeah, so my song for you today is uh, particularly again two coincidences. Act literally in one episode, um, you talked about. Um, the woman who wrote It Wasn't God Who Made Honky Tonk Angels and my song for you today is Honky Tonk by the Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't, like, this morning I was getting ready to um, to go grocery shopping and this song came on and this is the first time I've danced in, like, basically since quarantine started and I was like, Katie likes dancing. She does. This song, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this song to her because I like it's and it's honky tonk from the Gimme Shelter album, which is the one where it's cake on Very the nice. album cover, and it's it's just I don't know I like I'm not a dancer, 
and I don't dance in public all the time. But when I think of dancing, I do think of, of you. And so I was like, this is the first time I've danced in a while. She would like this song. Don't you think it's kind of ironic how you picked a song that makes you want to dance and I picked dancing on my own? Oh, shit. Yeah. That's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that's three for three. Um, Where's the genie? Where's the cameras? We're on punks. <laughs> are we on punk? Well, considering that I'm here, we absolutely are. Always on punk when Ethan's around. <laughs> Alright, that was our song of the day. Should we do our links and then our episodes sent? Yes, yes. Um, so, if you want to email us and send us uh, things that you want us to review, years, books, movies, TV shows, you albums. just want to write in and say how cool you think our show is or how lame it is, uh, we'll get real emotional regardless absolutely <laughs> even if you're like even if you're like i kind of like your show both of us will be like, like oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah please so the email is um unfunny's, unfunny's pod. pod at gmail.com that is spelled u n n f u no 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 no, no, no. i want to spell I, it this time okay go we're for never it. gonna I get it right on the first try it's gonna be our brand <laughs> okay, so that is spelled U-N-F-U-N-N-I-E-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. Great. Funnies Pod. Yes, and then we have uh, we have a Twitter under the same same preface. Uh, if you go on Twitter and you search at Unfunnies Pod, then you will find us. Yep, or you could search uh, the Unfunnies Podcast. You'll find it either way. Um, if you want to have a little more personal connection with us, find me on Tinder. Just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> um, no, but you can find me on Twitter, uh, with the handle at K-V-I-C underscore F-R this time, as in K-Vic for real this time. I'm going to save, I'm, I'm going to save that story for a special episode because it's hey. a little wild. Yeah, I, I'm excited to hear from it, actually. <laughs> uh, so so you can find my Twitter, uh, at Classic Taco. Um, or, and that's that's a story of itself, for sure. Um, or you can search up Heavy Set Hilarious on any of your social medias. And if I don't show up, that means I don't have it. Wow. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad, so sad. Yeah. All right. This episode's mess. Wow, you know what I just realized? What did you just realize? Is we came up with this idea on our last episode. Oh, shite. That's right. So, so I'm going to mention the reason we had to change it anyway, although it's yes. probably obvious. Um, so I realized upon editing uh, the first episode we ever did that I ripped off um, this episode is brought to you by from the podcast Dear Hank and John, which is the Green Brothers podcast. So we had to change it, and we did, and it's, oh, oh, it was so funny the first time we did it. Well, because what it is is we figured it out in real time, and I was, I was on a sugar rush, and so I, I I was looking around my room like, what can this podcast be in (laughs) relation to my room? And I was like, Febreze. So... 
this episode smells like Wait, is no, going no. to be yes okay i thought you were doing it and i got real no no, no 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 this episode smells like is going to be our new uh concluding moniker yes our uh sign off if you will yes yes uh so we're doing it at the same time right yes you're starting off the thing and then we're gonna say our things mine's not as funny as it was last time Mine, mine is for those who are familiar with the Little Women story. Excellent. You're gonna hate me, but you're gonna uh, hate me. It. Okay, here it goes. Uh, <laughs> should I start it or do you want to? You start it. All right. Uh, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this episode smells like a Four bad fever. Four minutes and thirty-three seconds of silence. <laughs> I do hate you. I do hate you. You're right. I don't... I wish... And you... Okay. What I'm seeing is Katie right now looking off into the distance being like, don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. She's not gone. She's just taking a nap. Oh my and... god. <laughs> and coughing the whole way through. Because she's Stop it. We're in a pandemic. You can't joke about that. Oh my god. Alright, we've covered all our bases, have we not? Um, let me think for four minutes and 32 seconds. Do not. I will not, I'll hang up on you. Alright, I'm gonna <laughs> sign I'm off for thinking. the both of us, I guess. I'm still thinking. Uh-huh, well, I'm Catherine. I'm still thinking. I hate him. <laughs> and you've been listening to the unfunnies. Uh, Thank you very much, folks. Don't ever let a man hold you down. Unless you want to. Wink, wonk, we don't know what you're into.